0: Some things happening, and I don't mean to be offensive. Uh, I don't mean to be, but I don't really care if I am offensive. Um, I don't mean to be offensive, uh, and if my saying that the way I did is further offensive, I apologize. I'm not trying to be, but uh, I don't know if you're aware uh, this afternoon, throughout today, um, some final reviews of Georgia's election uh, were completed. Uh, and they found and concluded that uh, Georgia's election was completely fraudulent. That, that's not like the Trump camp's hopeful look at things. They literally found the, the ballots in all of the Republican districts uh, had a barcode on them that showed that it was a Republican vote. And the voting machines would almost 100% of the time reject those, which then the overseers would have to go in and manually enter the vote. And they found that the votes had been almost always altered to be for Joe Biden. When they weren't during today's election that's going on, the election commission for Georgia allowed for the security team to see if it was possible to use the same methods that were used during the presidential election to hack the machines, and they successfully hacked the machines easily. And once they had accessed one, you know how when you're setting up a new device in your home and it says, do you want to share this with other devices that are on the network? All of the devices became available. So hack one, and you have access to them all. They did that live during today's election, with the uh, voting commission's permission to see if it were possible, all of this and much more, what the conclusion in the end was today's election is not trustworthy, and the election that went on for our president was not trustworthy. So, it isn't to say that the vote isn't going to go, the point is that they have that that certifying the vote is not viable that they have it requires that there be and here's the thing you guys i'll say again right the lord tells us he takes down the kings that he wants to and he puts in place the kings that he wants to and if joe biden is supposed to be in place then so be it okay but the dishonesty needs examination and that's all i'm saying I know other people might be saying other things. All I'm saying is, you know, free and fair elections in this country are a cornerstone of our country's existence. And literally, if it's Biden's camp or the Trump's camp, can't trust the election, a huge portion of who we are as a nation just collapses in that process. So pray uh, for wisdom and the Lord's will uh, to be done. Um, so the People the Mass Sunday evening's service. I was kind of left to figure stuff out and didn't get Facebook on Sunday night, and then I didn't get it uploaded either. We have the recording, and uh, Oliver uh promised that he's going to try to get Sunday night's sermon up onto SoundCloud. That's where all of our sermons are stored. Uh, and then tonight we'll be there, you know, hopefully also. Another thing that has come up, I'm just doing a bunch of housekeeping things here. Um, a number of people have asked me about, uh, there. we have a text message list. We send out notifications to people that are, you know, that want to be notified about things, prayer and meetings and different things. If you want to be on that list, um, you've you got to let me know. Uh, give me your uh, cell phone number. I keep it to myself, and uh, you know I'll go ahead and put you on that list. Um, <clears throat> in regard to COVID-19, that's going to be some of what we talk about tonight. Um, we've reached a milestone in the world. 1.8 million people dead from COVID-19, and everybody kind of goes, whoa, okay, well, now, Let's rewind, right, to uh, the beginning of 2020. And they told us within six months, 20 million people would be dead. Okay, so we've reached 1.8, and it's horrific. And, you know, I've had it. Uh, my whole family's had it. My 83-year-old mother with a triple bypass has had it and survived, You know, right? Uh, several in this room have had it. Um, I can tell you it's like having... Uh, really, really bad flu. That's That was my experience. That was my mother's experience, my family's experience. Uh, 1.8 million people dead. How about this? 8 million people die every year from smoking cigarettes. Does that put it in perspective at all? Okay. You know, we're killing it. Like, don't, like, go look up the statistics on alcohol. We're not closing the bars for that reason. We We weren't closing the bars for those reasons. But anyway, you know, there's some I think the bar should be closed. You know, I do, you and know, the marijuana, you know, distributors and all of the above. But anyway, that's just something else to think about. Uh, today, as I was reviewing prophecy, uh, I spent some time on a uh, internet location called His Channel, and uh, I'm checking it out. And then I realized, that, you know, I've never really talked to this congregation about that. So His Channel. I would recommend that you check out a capital H hit on the, uh, his referring to our Lord. Um, and also Calvary Chapel has breaking news on his channel and they also have prophecy updates on his channel. So if, if you want to, you know, like every week and every day, the breaking news is is put forward. So that'll really help you be informed in, you know, an uncensored way. (laughs) So, that's something to think about. Uh, along with that, I then remembered that I've been a while since I've talked to us about Behold Israel. Uh, that's another uh, Internet resource. And um, you can, there's an application uh, for your phone and good Wi-Fi connection here if you want to download it while you're here. Behold Israel, uh, Amir Sarfati is incredibly well-informed, um, you know. He was never part of the Mossad, wink, wink. So, um, you know, uh, his information comes from the best resources uh, you can imagine. So, you know, consider those and, uh, you know, keep yourself informed. So, uh, if you're going to try to follow me, um, you, you, how many of you guys came from Baptist church backgrounds. I did. I grew up in Baptist churches. So it's going to be a sword drill, okay? Um, You know, Bible above your head, and I call out the passage, and you got to find wherever we're talking about. So um, I'm going to be moving through a number of passages. I'll try to be diligent about relaying those uh, to you. Maybe you just want to write the passages down, and then, um, uh, you know, look them up on your own later. My notes are available Uh, to anyone that wants them uh, after the service. Uh, This is all electronic, so I can give you these if you want to study things further. Where I want to start, uh, I've drilled this into this congregation. The nation of Israel is falling into sin in the far distant past, and the Lord has sent Isaiah the prophet to them. And Isaiah is confronting the nation of Israel and rebuking them because they've begun to look to the false gods for answers. They've begun to turn to astrology and astronomy to try to figure out how their stars align. And, you know, they're going to see the fortune tellers and the soothsayers and, and anybody that can give them information. And the Lord confronts them the people who are supposed to be worshiping him and those gods and resources that they're turning to. And in Isaiah chapter 41, beginning at verse 21, the Lord says, present your case. So that's to the nation of Israel and the false gods. He's challenging both of them. So present your case, says the Lord. Bring forth your strong reason, says the king of Jacob. Let them bring forth and show us what will happen. Let them show the former things, the past, what they were, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them, or declare to us things to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that you are God's, yes, Do good or do evil, meaning, you know, perform the future, change the future, declare it, and then carry it out. That we may dismay and see it together, you and I. God hangs his authority on prophecy. He's challenging the nation of Israel and saying, if your religion, if your God is so powerful, then go ahead and tell us what's going to happen in the future. Right, He even gets simple, in my opinion, and says, tell us about the past. That should be fairly simple. right? Recite history for us. And the more we look at history, the more inaccurate we all are. right? We discover that what we thought went down in certain particular ways, we didn't know the half of it. As things come out and truths be told, humanity lies so much to make themselves look good that we don't even recall history accurately which sort of rolls over into a bigger question regarding evolution and man's recollection of ancient history right here's something to think about right brainwashing you know Teach and force and insist things are certain ways, the way you want people to think. Just take, for example, the term prehistoric, right? Prehistoric. Well, according to the scripture, God tells us when everything began and everything that has occurred since all things began. If that's true, which it is, then there is nothing prehistoric. God has recorded all of history for us so that we can learn from it. And that is part of the challenge that he's putting forward here in Isaiah 41. Go ahead, tell us about the past or tell us about the future. Several things we're going to cover tonight are recorded in the scripture. Some of them have come true. Others we're on the doorstep of, and still others are further ahead of us. But I think I'll be able to present enough of a lens that you can see these things starting to take shape and approach you as they are getting closer and closer. Um, Just a sidestep. I put these in the notes this way and didn't mention it a moment ago. 133 million Americans are registered to vote. Okay? 133 million Americans registered to vote. So that's the only people that can vote, right? Because if you're not registered, you can't vote. Donald Trump received, without question, 74 million votes. Some of you do math really quick, right? That would only leave 59 million votes for Joe Biden. And yet he received 80 million votes. Yeah, facts are pesky things, aren't they? Yeah. So uh, in regard to prophecy, I found an interesting thing. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 29, at the beginning of chapter 24, um, they had the disciples and Jesus have just left the temple. And the disciples are just all jacked up about how beautiful the temple is. And I don't know if you've studied any of the history of it, but it was magnificent. Um, It was white marble, highly polished. Uh, The entire temple incrementally uh, was overlaid with hand hammered gold. So they pounded into thin foil like sheets and they heat the surface and then they heat the foil and then with a soft mallet, they pound it in layer upon layer. And the whole temple was overlaid with gold. So white polished marble, overlaid with gold, huge, uh, you know, we would almost think of it as like a parking lot. But surrounding the temple, flat polished marble, okay, white, all polished, with two rows of columns with an overhanging roof surrounded in a square, a colonnade all the way around very frequently from a distance people would glance up and have to take a quick double take because their eye and their mind would mistake it midsummer 110 degrees middle eastern heat it would look like a white snow-covered mountain the reflective gold the brilliant sun all of that white marble it was astonishingly beautiful right So they come out and they're all exclaiming about how beautiful it is. And Jesus makes a statement that blows their mind. That soon there will not be one stone left on top of another on that site. The place was going to be leveled. And they were stunned by that statement. So they set him down, or he sets them down, and they ask him three questions. Okay. When is this going to take place? What will be the signs of your coming? And what will be the end of the age? How will we know that's coming about? And what follows in Matthew chapter 24 and 25 is referred to as the Olivet Discourse. Jesus sat down on the Mount of Olives and he explained all of that to them. What the signs would be for his coming when those things, the destruction of the Temple Mount would take place, and the end of the age. So in giving that explanation, he says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, which seems to be the period regarding the destruction of Israel, which much longer than what they were initially thinking, thousand plus years, Israel was put out of the country, right? So he says immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light. the stars will fall from heaven. The Greek language, if we were to interpret it a little better, would mean that the stars are going to go out, like you where stars were, they're not going to be there. Anymore. There might also be meteor showers upon the earth, which would cause them to think that the stars that went out had fallen to the earth. And the powers of heaven will be shaken. Uh, the celestial powers shaken. And also he's referring to the spiritual powers uh, being shaken. So, um, you know, sun darkened. Moon not give its light, I mean, come on. But this article right here, I don't know if you can see the headline, The Sun Dimmers. Okay? Your illustrious friend, Bill Gates, has decided that global warming has to be managed by his billions of dollars. So, what this is, is a group of scientists that he's put together, and they've formulated a plan to shower the stratosphere and dim the sun. Got to turn the sun down. Too intense. Need to cool the planet. So, uh, Zen Dea holds a small glass tube coated with. A white powder, calcium chloride, a ubiquitous compound used in everything from paper and cement to toothpaste and cake mixes. Plop a tablet of it into water, and the result is a fizzy antacid that calms the stomach. The question that this doctorate candidate at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and her colleagues Uh, are trying to find out is whether this innocuous substance could also help humanity to relieve the ultimate case of indigestion, global warming caused by greenhouse gas and pollution. Okay, ubiquitous. It's everywhere, innocuous. It's harmless. (laughs) Okay. Uh, They go on to talk about some specific things. Uh, Mount Pinatubo, 1991. In the Philippines erupted it buried Andrew's Air Force Base under 21 feet of rock it also ejected a pyroclastic cloud into the stratosphere for days as the planet continued to turn it just belched out its filth filling the world's atmosphere with ash so much ash spewed into the atmosphere by one volcano it cooled the earth's atmosphere by two degrees Record snowfalls the next year. You might not remember the snowfall of 1992. I do distinctly because I was working for Daigle Oil Company in Bangor and Brewer as an assistant manager, and I was responsible for plowing those two yards out. No snow that stayed on the ground until February. We got snowstorms, many of them, but it melted off. February of 1992, it snowed 28 days in a row and we got six and a half feet of snow. You cool the Earth's atmosphere by two degrees, you change things dramatically. Bill Gates and his buddies want to begin a process of showering the stratosphere with this white powder, calcium carbonate, and in the process cool the planet. By as much as five degrees. What happens if you've done that and then another Mount Pinatubo goes off? You don't know what's going to happen, do you? You're going to shift whole weather patterns. You're going to... You might potentially destroy... Literally destroy this planet. Think about the arrogance involved with that. Okay, now maybe this will scare the stuffing you know out of you as the you know jesus is saying the sun will be darkened the moon will not give its light the stars of heaven will fall right now let's take the other side right how does that get out of the atmosphere Well, Mount Pinatubo's ash, which was at the same level in our stratosphere, fell to the ground as acid rain, right? What are you going to do to our lakes and our streams and our whole world's ecology if you start to, but, you know, he's Bill Gates, so he must know what he's doing, right? Surely, right? You've trusted his work for years. You've never had a single problem with windows, Right. You've never wanted to kill someone, uh, you know, at the end of the day, dealing with that. Right. Because nothing goes wrong anywhere along the way. So could it potentially cause a backlash in the other direction? Well, how about you get to the end of this book that we're studying? Revelation chapter 16. Look at verse eight. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. Men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give glory to him. You start messing with the atmosphere, you've got no idea what you're going to create, especially on a worldwide scale. We're nearing the time, is my point. Right? I don't know if you've thought about this. Some people don't examine prophecy in this way. The entire human race... The fastest that we ever moved on planet Earth up until 1900 was horseback. Right? That's the fastest we moved. Ships were our greatest technology, sailing ships. Right? Literally everyone in the day, I'm not exaggerating this, wanted to be a sea captain. What does everyone want to be and aspire to be today? Presidents want to be astronauts, right? The greatest technology that we have to travel around. Daniel said, you'll know you're in the last days when two things are occurring. An increase in knowledge and men will race around the earth at speeds never before seen. You'll know you're in the last days. However long you want to paint history, 1900 right? Henry Ford fired up the automobile and we started moving faster all around the globe and dramatically increasing speeds came. And knowledge, right? How about this? This has been studied at length. Everything that you could study. There were massive universities around the world all throughout history. The Alexandrian universities inside Egypt, just beautiful, ornate schools of learning with intense studies and professors. Uh, Everything you could study had only doubled once in the entire history of the human race up until 1900. From 1900 to 1945 it doubled again. Then we were tracking things very systematically as we developed all these universities. From 45 to 65 it doubled again. From 65 to 70 it doubled again we're in a place right now with the internet and worldwide communication that they think we're doubling every six hours. They're just archiving information, right? Think about how many areas you could specialize in right now. Go to school and study medicine and just narrow right down to one very specific thing and all that you could learn in that area. That's that's a new concept for humanity. Daniel said, pay attention. You'll know you're living in the very last days of the human race when knowledge is dramatically increasing and men race to and fro around the world as they never have before in history. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the last moments of the human race. That's where we are. The great struggle between truth and lies is because we're on the threshold of seeing Jesus Christ's return. Exactly what he had promised. Um, just, uh, I got plugged a bunch of sort of weird things that I came across the past few days. Did you know that the mayor of Washington, D.C. named Christmas Eve Dr. Anthony Fauci Day? I'm sorry, but that's blasphemous. Blasphemous. Uh, In regard to COVID-19 and disease, I would encourage you uh, to read the book of Revelation, but in particular, Revelation chapter 6, four horsemen are released there. You've heard of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The last one brings death and disease with him. What we're experiencing for death and disease right now isn't even close to what's going to be released upon this earth. I'll just tell you this, there's an escape plan in place by God, okay? You don't have to experience these things. But God's wrath poured on this earth, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are part of that, Revelation chapter 6. That last horseman that comes delivers death in a way the world's never seen. In the first wave of it, one-fourth of the world's population is wiped out. Now, for you serious Bible students that have grown up in churches and maybe your pastors have told you, oh, the first three and a half years aren't going to be that bad. The four horsemen are released in the first three and a half years. And all of this death, one quarter of the world's population, occurs in the first three and a half years. One more time class, one quarter of the world's population is all of South America, all of Central America, all of North America, U.S. and Canada, and all of Western Europe. It literally says they're, they're not going to be able to bury the dead. That the world is going to be filled with the stench of the decaying corpses. The world is going to be filled with that stench. You can't even imagine. One quarter of the world's population wiped out. So death, you know, what we're seeing right now, 1.8 million people dead. 8 million people dead from cigarettes every single year. Peanuts compared to what's coming, small, small amounts compared to what lies ahead. Fear makes it very easy to bring about change, okay? 9-11, they strip us of our privacy, and we all go, yeah, that, fine, go right ahead. And then we discover they're listening and watching and recording everything we're doing. And we say, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. And they say, well, you gave us permission. Homeland Security. You told us it was okay. We didn't really tell them it was okay, but they did it. Right now, the fear that's being generated, they are stripping us of our rights. Okay, I said it when COVID first broke out, that December and January, we're going to prove that the masks don't work. Have you seen your breath come right out through those things? If that water droplet can come right out and create the cloud of steam in front of your face, the COVID virus is nearly 20 times smaller than the moisture droplet that just passed through and created that cloud. On top of the fact that it would have to have a completely airtight seal, right? Listen, I'm not knocking you for wearing your masks, Okay, my question always to people that are adamant about it, my question, I wear I wear the mask, don't get me wrong. The people that are adamant about it, I say, how does the mask work? Just tell me how the mask works. It's a semi-permeable mask. It, you know, you're supposed to be able to breathe in and out of it. Stuff's moving both directions, no problem. COVID virus is... Ultra small compared to everything else that's moving through that mask. What, what is going on is create the fear and in that, take people's freedoms away. You notice that they don't focus on other areas the way they do on Christianity. Right? Churches can't meet. You can't, okay, you're meeting, fine, you're meeting, but you can't sing. Okay. And they make it sound like, oh, that just covers all religions. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the Judeo-Christian faith, we're pretty exclusive to music. You go to the Hindus, they don't sing. I've seen the Hare Krishna's in the airport. That's the only place they do it, to get your attention and clang their cymbals and take your money away. That whole scene is sort of faded from a lot of prominence, but we are the ones who celebrate our worship through song. So their focusing on that issue is almost entirely exclusive to Christianity, focusing on these issues. Greater and greater, right? When this started, we, many of us had long conversations about crystal knock right the germans all through germany but specific areas more so went through their communities smashing the windows in the businesses and the homes of the jews they did it for 3 days straight every night smash the windows in the homes of the jews and the jewish businesses and then they just stopped and people asked adolf hitler why did you stop like why didn't we go all the way? Why didn't we kill them then? What, you know, they had this mindset like why stop? And he said, "Now we know." And that's all he said. That was his answer to, "Why did you stop?" It was much later when he revealed, that was a test to see if they were going to defend themselves and if their neighbors would defend them. "Now we know." They won't defend themselves and their neighbors won't defend them. So then they carried out their entire plan. That's what's going on right here. They are testing to see how far can we push, right? And they, they push to a point and everybody, you know, finds their place of I'm going to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask, whatever. And then they push further and they push further. Are you aware that right now there's a whole new COVID virus that's Far more deadly and far more contagious than the one we're currently experiencing? Guess what? Hogwash. I mean it. It's already been very well studied. Every virus mutates. Every virus mutates. Airborne virus passes in a very specific way through every culture. You cannot stop it, and it has a very predict- very predictable infection rate and death rate. The worst death rates in airborne viruses, 2%. The worst, right? Yes, you can find locations where it rises as high as 2.3, maybe 2.7 in certain cases, but that's actually to do with the uncleanliness of the culture and the circumstances and the lack of medical treatment. Hey, okay. you can take other locations and they've got 0.5. The average is hovering right around 1.7 to 2%. That's that's how many people are, you know, affected and pass away. And I hate to be callous about it, I'm not trying to be crass, but it, it hits the low-hanging fruit. That's how the medical community refers to it the people that are elderly and weak and sick and compromised immune system i just sat here and started this whole thing talking about how i have an autoimmune issue and i had covid 19 and here i stand yes i know people who have also died from it I, i personally know people who have died from it okay point is influenza is killing people like this every single year Every single year, just like this, right? If you're sitting here right now hearing this and you're kind of like feeling like you're being shamed, not at all. What I'm trying to do is provide information that frees your mind from the fear that's being placed upon us. The fear is being created in order to gain greater and greater controls. I tell you right now, if Joe Biden is president, Kiss America goodbye. Kiss it goodbye. This will be a socialist nation. It will be. You remember how in the 60s especially, in the 70s, all the people in Florida were getting on rubber tubes and rafts and just swimming for Cuba. Remember that? Oh, no. They were doing that from Cuba to get to here. Right? And that's the way it always is. You know, Senator Ewing years ago said there's a reason that they build walls around every socialist nation that has ever been created. It's so that everyone will be forced to stay inside and enjoy the benefits together. Everyone wants to escape. Everyone ends up wanting to escape. Oh, well, Sweden's a socialist nation. No, it is not. No, it is not. That is a lie. They have socialized medicine. They have some socialized levels of schooling. But they are not a socialist nation. That's why they prosper. Right? Slavery robs every nation from prosperity. Because no one wants to work because I'm brilliant and I'm the hardest worker in my nation, but I get the same amount of pay and benefits as the guy that stays home and does nothing. The benefits of our culture is why people strive and work and achieve greatness. Freedom is what accomplishes that. We're plunging towards this stupidity. And it is all through the process of fear. New currency. Fear, got to have a new currency. Well, crypto coin, Bitcoin, all these different things. And people got all these different. The thing that they're starting to ramp up right now is the money passes disease. Right? Paper money, coin money. You know, they're literally. How about this statistic, you guys? <clears throat> All inside dining, they've tracked it very well. It has generated COVID contamination at one a rate of 1.2. It is the single lowest cause of the transmission of COVID 19. In person, inside dining is the in, in the places where it's been allowed. No no open windows, just You know, South Dakota has done very little to prevent the spread of COVID-19. No mask mandates anywhere. You can go shopping anywhere. You want to wear a mask, great. You don't want to wear a mask, that's fine too. You want to social distance, that's great. People respect it. If you don't want to, that's fine also. See your friend at Walmart, give him a hug. No one will tackle you in South Dakota. They will in Ellsworth. They'll yell at you and say snide things about your children. You know, crazy stuff's going on. Go home and post on social network. You know, follow you out to car, take your number plate. I'm not exaggerating. This is our town. This is what we're experiencing. Fear. Okay. In the locations where they've just gone life as normal. 1.2. 1.2 percentage rate of transmission there. Currency, cryptocurrency, got to get us to this money system, got to have a new money system. So interesting that the scripture predicted that, that there would be a one world money system. Right. Keeping in mind that the closest prophecies that I'm talking to you about this evening are more than 2000 years ago. Some of them are 4,500 years old. Others are 4,700 years old, and they're coming true in front of our eyes. We're experiencing it. Revelation chapter 13, beginning at verse 16, (coughs) speaking of the Antichrist, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, And that no one may buy or sell except one has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. The number. The number symbolized by a mark. We call that barcode. When I was in high school, which was millions of years ago. Well. Well. Billions, really, because when I was in high school, the planet was six billion years old. And reading the textbooks today, the planet's nine billion years old. So, you know, billions of years have passed since I was in high school, apparently. But anyway, when I was in high school, we didn't have debit cards. No one had debit cards. And the thought that there would be debit cards was laughable. Laughable. Cashless society. One world money. We already have one world money. It took nine teenagers and went to Hungary and then up into Poland and very little cash went with us. Everybody had their card. And it was actually much more convenient because when you made the purchase with the card, it just did the money transfer as far as, you know, the differences in currency. If you, if you got paper money or coin, then you had to stand there and figure out if you were being ripped off or not, you know, just... The more they smiled at you, the more you suspected you were. You don't know. One world money predicted by Jesus. Revelation chapter 13. Everyone has to have a mark. We are headed right there, right now. It's interesting to me, as I've talked to Christians about a lot of this stuff, that uh, people lose sight of Israel. All of this stuff going on in our communities. Like Israel. Israel is the timepiece that you should be watching. The things that are currently transpiring. God measures everything by the current atmosphere of Israel. When you look at the scripture, he doesn't say much of anything that could even be interpreted as being America. Most everything is in light of Israel and their relationship as a people with him. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 3 It says, and it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away, get rid of this, will surely be cut in pieces. Though all nations on earth are gathered against it. Notice that it says all. All nations. That would have to include us. Darn it. I can tell you one way that would happen, really, really rapidly, if there were no Christians on the planet. That would change the atmosphere really quick. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words. Now, I try to talk to people about the rapture of the church. And in the church, one of the first things I get is, oh... That's a new teaching in Christianity to sell books. Timothy LaHaye and all his buddies, you know, Left Behind series, they're just trying to make money. Well, I can tell you as a, a, a student of the scripture that that's a very false statement. All through church history, the church has taught that Jesus Christ is going to be back any minute in acts when we read that the church sold everything that they had and they all came to live together communally and those who had much shared with those that had little and everyone took care of one another the reason they did that was because jesus said i'm coming back for you soon and they were all looking at it like any minute jesus is going to be back so why do i keep this piece of property literally people were selling off All of their possessions, all of their land, and just giving it to everyone and living together. Because in their mind, Jesus was going to be back any minute. The first church leaders started dealing with people from outside the church that were saying, Jesus is not coming back. Yeah, 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 he said that, but really what he meant was spiritually, he's in your heart. They started to teach all millennialism right there in that first century. The church leaders rose up and wrote extensively saying anyone that teaches that Jesus Christ is not going to return and rapture the church off from the planet is a heretic and you should have nothing to do with them. So whether you believe it or not, understand that the church has always believed this. Oh, well, the word rapture isn't even in the Bible. Well, I get smug at that point because the word Bible isn't even in the Bible. Why are we using that as a clarifier? Okay. The word rapture is in the Bible. It's where I just read from. The word here is translated caught up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 17, they shall be caught up. The word that was used there was harpazo, which means to be snatched away suddenly with violent force. Okay, it doesn't mean, oh, the church will be filled with elation and their spirits will be lifted up to thoughts far beyond this earth. That's not what it means at all. It means literally physically ripped off from the earth that's what that's what paul was saying jesus had taught him that the church would be violently suddenly removed we're told elsewhere that it will be removed violently suddenly in the twinkling of an eye okay i made the point in sunday's study that that's a literal physical term when you have that spasm in your eyelid, and no one else can see it, but you feel like, oh, my eyelid is just shaking right now. I can't stand this. One flutter. When it drops down and recedes back up, one. pulsary movement. That's the twinkling they were referring to. Not even a full blink. The fluttering of your eyelid. The twinkling of an eye. That's rather instantaneous. When you consider it that way. The term harpazo was translated into Latin and became raptus. And the church began to refer in English to the rapture. Right? We use that term, oh, enraptured. It is a biblical term. It is used right there in 1 Thessalonians. And it is what we are looking forward to. Well, how do I experience that? Well, it's really quite simple. John chapter 3, there's a really interesting conversation that occurs. John chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless god is with him jesus answered and said to him most assuredly i say you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of god i like the way jesus does that several times in his ministry people come and they've got weird questions and they make whatever statements they're going to, and Jesus just takes a sharp left and goes right off into the necessary conversation. We well, you know that you're from God, know you're miraculous, and no one could do it, and you're just incredible and you know Nick, nobody's even going to see the kingdom of God unless they've been born again. I beg your pardon; the term "born again" is not something the church has created; our God and our king coined the phrase you must be born again you want to be part of the rapture you must be born again you say well what's born again good question Nicodemus said to him how can a man be born again when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born is this some kind of reincarnation thing we're talking about do we go through life cycles in a way that i'm not aware of what do you mean born again? This is what he's asking. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Well, ladies who have given birth, right? You break your water and then the child is born. Natural birth. Born of water. And there's a couple ways to interpret this, but this is probably the best Simplest way. Natural birth. You've got to be born naturally and born again. If you're going to see the kingdom. Born of the spirit is probably what's being described here. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, before we move on, people will often say, oh, I'm deeply spiritual. right? Oprah Winfrey, I'm deeply spiritual. She'll say these things. And you get a car and you get a car. and Anyway. According to the scripture, Adam and Eve were created from the dust of the earth, or Adam was created from the dust of the earth, and then Eve was created from Adam. God breathed his spirit into that pneuma, breath of life, caused Adam to be a living soul. He had God's spirit in him. So he was created, body and soul, Soul, as we understand it from the scripture, is the seat of your thoughts and the seat of your emotion, right? The spirit comes from God. The soul comes natural from your person. That's who you are. Life shapes that as you move along, right? Nature and nurture cause you to have the personality that you are. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, according to the word of God... The spirit that God had given them was killed by sin. The curse was announced by God. The day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in dying, you will eventually die. Their spirit died, and then eventually their body died. According to the scripture, not the opinions of the human race, according to the scripture, every single person that was born after Adam was born with their spirit dead. They were born with a dead spirit. Oh, I'm deeply spiritual. When I listen to people who tell me that, what they really mean is I'm very emotional. I move deeply emotionally easily is what they usually mean. I'm a very compassionate person. Wonderful but you're also a walking zombie. Your spirit is dead. Until Christ gives you his spirit, you're going to hell. It's as simple as that. He goes on to explain to Nicodemus that you couldn't possibly understand these things with a finite detail. And he gives the illustration. You see the trees move, but you don't know where the wind comes from. So it is with the spirit, right? If you're going to be born again, it's going to be a work of the spirit. How do I get that? You ask for it. That's how you get it. I did that once. I didn't feel anything. Doesn't matter, right? I just gave my kids and my grandkids and my loved ones a whole bunch of gifts for Christmas. It didn't matter how much they believed I was going to give them those gifts. It didn't matter if those gifts emotionally stirred them. The reason they received them was because I was faithful to give them. That that is how it is with salvation. You want salvation? Here's how simple it is. You ask the Lord for it. He wants to give it to everyone. He even gives that illustration and says, You're all wicked, sinful people. That's what God said of the human race. We are not born good, as psychology says. Everyone's basically good. No, they're not. They're terroristic murderers at birth. Don't believe me? Sign up for nursery. (laughs) Children will fly into a murderous rage. You know, I always tell the story of a little girl in this nursery who I hear a commotion and I round the corner just in time to watch a child sitting on the floor rip a ball out of another little girl's hands. That little girl starts shaking all over and goes beet red and looking around and grabs the metal Tonka truck off the floor and raises it above her head. And and I grabbed the truck and we took all the metal toys out of the nursery that day and... She's going to cave that kid's head in. And you know it would have just been smash and then pick the ball up and go off and do the thing. We are born wicked. That's what the scripture says. And at birth, we need redemption. Now, there's an age of grace, and I'm not going to get into the details of where we become accountable, but every one of us in this room is accountable. We're accountable for the fact that we know the wickedness in our own heart. And everything we're talking about, about the prophecies and what lies ahead for the world and America. The scripture predicts all of it, you guys. And it's horrific. God pours his judgment out upon this earth for rejecting him as their creator. And you can totally avoid that by being caught up in the rapture with him, if you will ask God to cause you to be born again. It's that simple. Recognize you're a sinner. Ask Jesus Christ to cause you to be born again. Ask him to give you his Holy Spirit. Ask him to make you a child of God, and you are. Simple as that. Joyous, wonderful experience may follow, right? simple mundane prayer said here this evening as we close or at home later as you've thought about it but salvation belongs to you for having prayed that prayer for having asked god to come into your heart and if you'll do so all of the fear and the worry goes away that's it it's all gone at that point right because the worst thing the world could ever do to you kill you is the best thing that could ever happen to you. You leave here, and you go to be in the presence of the Lord. It's a great assurance. I want to draw your mind back to where we started. God made the challenge to the human race and said, whatever you're following for guidance, ask of it that it would tell you about the future. And God says, because I can. They can't, but I can. The list is long of things that we could talk about. One world government, one world money, one world religion, right? All of these things that are coming for us, coming toward us right now. We don't have to be concerned about any of that. Prophecy update. Prophecy update is you can leave in the witness relocation program. Let him come get you just abandon the panic that the world is engaged in don't concern yourself with those things let Christ save you from all of this it's it's going to get so bad you know read 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 the book of revelation you know, i didn't even touch uh, tonight on ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 i think that's really close to us where all of the nations north of israel including Russia and Moscow. The Muslim nations join together and they drop right down out of the north to destroy Israel. And God kills all of those invaders with a fire that falls from the sky. That's about to happen. That's that's getting closer and closer with every passing day. Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1, tells us that Damascus, the oldest city on the planet, is going to be destroyed. A ruinous heap. These things are still ahead of us. Vladimir Putin, right? Fading Russian leader, built the largest corporation in the world, the Russian gas industry, right? They supply Europe with all of their natural gas. 2011, Israel eclipsed all of their gas production. Russia wants Israel right now. Very badly. And what's happening in the Middle East? A whole bunch of peace accords are being made with Israel. Muslim nations who wanted to wipe them out are saying, No problem, you know what? (laughs) You can fly here, we'll fly there. You know, just, you got the money, we want to hang out with you now. You know, we used to have all the oil wells and you've got all the natural gas and oil now, so can we be friends? Meanwhile, Turkey's losing its mind. And they're inciting all of the northern neighbors around Israel to join them in a bloodthirsty pack to come down and destroy Israel. Read Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's predicted. These things are going to happen. You, you don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to worry about any of the prophecy. If you surrender your life to Christ, You're going to be perfectly fine. Things can get bad. You can trust the Lord for your kids, for your family, for your circumstances. you go, well, that's too simple. Right. Uh, Oh, you're preaching escapism. Right. Because this is the message my king gave me. Right? The human race has tried to save itself for centuries, millennia. Create this religion and that religion and work my way to God. And it can't be done. And God said, there, nice try. Now I'll save you. And he became a man. And he was born in a manger. And he died on a cross. And he defeated the most powerful thing in your life. Death. Three days in the grave. And then he just stood up and said, what's next? To show us that if we would put our faith in him, we wouldn't have to worry about any of this. No. All of history is marked by his birth. Right? Time itself is marked by Jesus Christ's arrival. That's why they're trying to change that time, right? It's not before Christ anymore. It's before the common era. No. It's it's before Christ. You know, A.D., Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. Christ's promises are going to be fulfilled. You're going to see one by one, all of these things take place. The one thing, I, I just, I'll end with this. The one thing I want you to focus on is the imminent return of Jesus Christ. That your eyes would be fixed upon him, fixed upon his return. And that that joy would fill your heart. That you wouldn't be overwhelmed with the lies and the manipulation and the cheating and the blood and guts and you know war and just violence and crime and focus on Christ and all of those things disappear in his glory. Does that make sense? Praise God. Well, let's stand and we'll pray. We're not staying here till midnight. I'm just I just (laughs) I'm old and I can't do that like I used to. So, Father, we thank you very much for your love, for your work in our lives, even in bringing us together here tonight. Help us to trust in you. Help us to cling to you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.